Screw it, screw it, we're just just gonna gonna talk about Spider-Man. Welcome to Screw It, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man, the podcast where we talk about the original Spider-Man comics by his creators Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, as hosted by two people who wish they were his creators, Will Hines and Kevin Hines. I'm Kevin Hines. And I am Will Hines, a voice kind of similar, but a little different. Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast, pay attention to those little differences you're so you gonna don't need get him. lost. You yeah. don't get lost. This is Will. And this is Will. Okay, let's just trade it out. <laughs> so um, uh, Kevin and I are brothers. We, That's right. We are performers from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, mm-hmm. a theater of some renown. Uh, all of our friends are famous, and we're doing this. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, we, yeah, we're talking about issue 35 this episode. We're getting very close to the end of Steve Ditko's run. And therefore the end of our podcast. That's right. We're going to go up till issue 38, and then we're going to do maybe two more episodes after that. Two or three. Two or three, or six. Two or three, six, twelve, who knows? Well, uh, under a thousand. <laughs> um, and um, yes, this is the Molten Man Regrets is the yeah, title. I like that title. Yeah. Uh, I will say that this issue, last issue, and the next few issues are, are definitely, they just feel anticlimactic after 31, 32, 33. We've talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. They're still good. They're solid. Actually... I think this might be one of the worst issues oh, wow. of the whole run. I think it's fine. I think the first Molten Man is worse to me. Um, to me, this issue is what happens if Stan Lee just completely phones it in? That's what this issue okay. is. Fair enough. There, there's a there's a fun side effect of that, which is that Stan Lee's a very funny man. And yes. his, his disregard for things, he's very funny as he does that. But I think I've, I've in, the, in the issues that we've gone over, I've never seen an issue... In my opinion, where Stanley <laughs> gives less of a crap about the quality of this story. I don't know if there was like a double issue of Thor coming out this <laughs> month, or if like he was it was the first time Stanley started to go to conventions and he like picked up a college girlfriend and had this crazy affair or something I mean, like that. I don't think it's good. Molten Man is one of my least favorite of the Ditko villains. But I think his first Molten Man is just so boring that this one is like, uh you know, I shouldn't pin it all on hair, Stan. It's I a sh- hair less boring. <laughs> Okay, I won't pin it all on Stan. They both they both stink in this episode. Great. Uh, this so, issue. So stay so, tuned. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the cover first. Cover's okay. <laughs> cover's great. <laughs> this is one of the most... <laughs> uh, yeah, the cover's fine. Uh, it's the Molten Man in like a Spider-Man light sort of shining down on him. And Molten Man is a guy who's... Like, oh, yes. He's covered in gold or brass. Something. He looks like he's Oh, that's right. Gold. It's some unknown metal alloy that that's like right. a scientist made... Spent a long time making, and, and it, it covered him up. But if you saw him on the street, you'd think he's just a guy walking around in his underwear who had spray-painted himself gold. Yeah. This is a guy you've probably seen in the Bleecker Street subway station that's with right. a bucket in front of him. Yeah. Um, in fact, the in a way, is. Steve Ditko created all those. Yeah, we do like to give Steve Ditko credit for as many characters as possible. Yeah. So we are now giving Steve Ditko credit for all buskers who paint themselves in metallic paint and pretend to be robots. Yeah. Um, you can walk up to them in New York City or any city where you see somebody in metallic paint pretending to be a robot and be like, oh, I get it. You're the Molten Man. And see <laughs> what a knowing nod you get back. Yeah, they'll get it. They'll get what's happening. Um, um, yeah. We don't really have any. We have segments here, but we don't have anything to put in them. Okay, because one of our segments is what's going on in the Marvel Universe at this time. There's nothing new. Another segment is any podcast or Spider-Man news. We don't have any because we're recording this episode immediately after last week's episode so nothing's happened yes wouldn't it be crazy if something did between like in the last 10 minutes minutes? yeah 
Like if Stan Lee died, like that's something that oh, could happen at any minute. <laughs> like he's he's in his nineties. Yeah, he's just had a, he's recovered a little bit recently. I've heard he's in good health. I'm, I mean, I have no ill wishes to Stan, but sounds that's like something it, that could happen at any. Something second. you did when you were sort of besmirching his work on this issue. Finally, let that man get what's coming to him. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we're going to get right into this issue. Let's get right into it. I mean, we might make fun of it a little bit more than we normally do. This one deserves it. This is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous issue. I like the title, though. The Molten Man Regrets dot yeah. dot dot. Yeah, I do. I think it's a bad title. It's interesting to me. I guess it's interesting, but what does but it also mean? it's not accurate. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with anything. it. I thought it was going to be He's one of the story. most unapologetic villains we have. Like, Craven shows some remorse and honor when he loses. Molten Man has gone straight <laughs> in current <laughs> comics. He is completely straight now. Is that true? For ages. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, tra- I mean, he's Liz Allen's stepbrother or brother. Okay. I think stepbrother. Okay. And he has gone straight. He is like Liz's uh, right-hand man running the uh, company that the Liz Allen's family owns or something. He's a good guy. Okay. Well, he's still a criminal in this issue. In this issue, he is a Ditko-esque, never, ever recovering criminal. Never apologize. Yeah. This is, Steve Ditko's moving into his, He's you know, he's about to create Mr. A. Yes. The character on his own where like... Any crime at all entitles you to, like, the death penalty. Yeah, it's only a few years from when he tells, I think, Dennis O'Neill that there's no such thing as an ex-criminal. Right. Um, he is a, he is a in terms of police and law and order, Ditko is far right, unfortunately. Um, okay, what do you think of the splash page? Uh, it's fine. Maybe it's the fine. decision does t- is terrible. <laughs> It's an okay splash page. It's a scene from a fight we'll see at the end of the issue. And Ditko is a great artist, even on an off day, and this is a well-drawn panel. I think it's a well-drawn Spider-Man. Molten Man's not interesting to look at, particularly in his nakedness. We get to talk about this first page. Everything about it makes me I laugh. love this first page. This is why this issue's great. I've the, flipped back now. Even the second page is, there are so many funny things in it. He gets out of jail. The criminal court system in Marvel Comics, they're not holding their criminals long enough. I mean, I am not a law and order dude. I am in for compassionate well, me too. law enforcement, but not this compassionate. This guy was a criminal like four or five issues ago. He's also made of metal. Here's the other thing about this. There's no one at this courtroom. Like, he he would be a phenomenon, right? Like a an obviously metal man? Yeah. Wouldn't there be at least one dude taking his picture? Wouldn't you at least send like one guy? He So he was basically in holding, waiting his trial. And they decided to just let him go. This is a guy who... He's getting out on time served. Minutes after he got his powers, he ran into the street and started flipping cars over. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. And the reason that they're letting him go is because this just happened to you. This is a freak thing. This is an accident. This is not your fault that you immediately used your powers for evil. And he said it. He like immediately was like, I'm going to get everything I can with these. Like he was (laughs) had total agency. But he he had good behavior in the couple months he's been in holding cells. And he's free to go. I think the Malt Man only looks good when he's dressed in a suit, by the way. He looks great. Yeah. Panel three, he's just gotten out of the courtroom, so he's wearing a, a smart brown suit. And he, he looks very cool. Yeah. He lo- it looks like it should be like a villain in something like The Saint or if, like some sort of British James yeah. Bond kind of like situation. He's got a little Doc Brass, uh, right? Is that a uh, uh, Doc Brass? Isn't that something? Or am I me. mixing something? Am Doc I mixing? Samson? No, not Doc Samson. Who's uh, um? I don't know who Doc Brass is. I think I might be doing like the Alan Moore an, an analogous version of uh, the pulp hero. Osmandius? No. Oh, 
Uh, I, uh, oh, the, Tom uh, Strong? No, the pulp novel character. I'm saying I'm using an Alan Moore-esque name oh, for oh, a, oh. a real pulp character. Oh, okay, okay. He's like, uh, it's, hey, he's a guy who's like got brass skin. He's okay. Got, like, he operates out of like the Empire State Building, these old um, pulp novels. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, boy. Um. So like, oh, this is also another thing. So like, we we love Steve Didko. We're huge Steve Didko fans. But like, um, Didko is like, yeah, that's a planetary character I just referenced. Okay, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna look up who he's based on. Uh, um, Steve Steve Didko's like philosophy and his political views. Doc Savage. That's what I meant. Oh yeah, right. Um, get his political views get like sort of like. For for anybody who loves Spider Man, Dicko is quickly becomes kind of like an embarrassment. Oh yeah, Doc Savage. All right, sorry, I'm just pulling something up on my iPad to show that I'm not an idiot making up characters. Yeah, I don't think you're an idiot, and I you have terrific memory for these things. I wouldn't have doubted you for a second. You could have lied your face but anyway, off to me. I, I wish he just wore a suit all the time while fighting Spider Man. I agree, he looks cooler, but he's usually like stripped down to his civvies, and he looks like some yeah. kind of fifties. I mean, panel four, he goes down to his Submariner underwear right and away, starts bending metal. <laughs> As soon as he gets home, he's got a bunch of girders that he's just bending. <laughs> he just has metal girders laying around his place. And then he just smashes a brick column that looks like it's got to be supporting a building. It's got to be. I mean, he brings down an apartment building, it's his implied, bu- yeah. in panel five. Yeah, and then he laughs maniacally. That's the first page. He's so evil. <laughs> okay, well, so uh, a thing in like, whenever there's, I've, I've mentioned this a couple times before, and it's boring, and I'm going to say it again, but whenever there's like a vigilante character who is the hero, like Dirk. Dirty Harry, like in any medium, Mm -hmm. Dirty Harry or like Batman even in um, you have to show um, or you usually what happens is you show that the system is broken, that like regular law and order is corrupt Mm -hmm. or weak or inefficient or like Escape from New York, the John Carpenter film where like New York City is just in a prison. Um, And like and that because that way you that way it allows you the audience a normal person to root for the vigilante because things have gone off the rails so that panel too is a classic well we're just gonna let you go yeah I mean, and, the, w- and the end of this comic also ends with cops being like ah you criminals have too many rights which is a which is a very common theme of like far-right anti-crime people i mean this is a story that should be a Punisher story then in that case, because Spider-Man yes. doesn't. Yes. This theme, should be a Punisher Spider-Man story. trusts the crime system. A lot. Yeah. Um, a well, lot in this issue, and specifically. Yeah. Um, uh, and Ditko does too. It's kind of weird. But like, uh, yeah, D- Ditko would be way more at home in a Punisher type environment or like a modern or like a 1980s violent Batman story. That would be Ditko's like prime, which is which why Frank Miller wanted to do Mr. A with with Ditko. Frank Miller wanted to work with Ditko? Oh, yeah. You didn't know this? No. So, listeners, so Ditko, after he quits Marvel and starts refusing to do, like, normal work, that's not that's not totally true, but, like, he quits Marvel and becomes more and more difficult to work with because he only wants to do stories that represent his, like, hard-on-crime philosophy, among other things. Mm-hmm. And he has his character, Mr. A, which he self-published. That's Ditko. This is Ditko. Yeah, yeah. And in like the seventies and he kind of did it at the eighties, I too think, but the seventies mainly, which was like this dude who had a card, half black, half white, tolerated no corruption at all. And, and no if, gray. Yep. If you do one thing wrong, you are as bad as a murderer and nobody would publish it. Cause they're like, this story is insane. It's like, and it's boring first of all. And it's like kind of crazy. So that kind of bummed Ditko out in the eighties. Ditko got broke 
went broke and he started taking work. He did like a Transformers coloring book and stuff. Like the kids who were fans in the 60s had grown up and were giving him like assignments. He refused to have anything to do with Spider-Man. Um, so Frank Miller came to him after Frank Miller became huge from doing Dark Knight Returns and Year One. This is like 1988 yeah, Frank Miller. Frank Miller's the peak of his yeah. popularity. Came to Ditko and said, hey, I'm a huge fan. Let's do Mr. A. It'll be it's it'll be great like for this time. And it's right in alley so with like things Frank that I do. Frank Miller would write it. He'd be Ditko like, we'll would... put both their names on it because that way it'll sell because Frank Miller was a way bigger name than Steve Ditko in 1988. But he's told Ditko, however you want to do it, you can write the whole. He said, the only thing I insist on is I'll write the dialogue because your dialogue is too clunky. But you can plot it. I mean, that's accurate. You can veto everything. You can draw, or if you don't want to do all that, I'll do the drawing. Whatever you want, as long as I can do the dialogue, and my name's going to go on, which would have been an advantage. Yes. And Ditko said, "No, I'm tired of that character." <laughs> that's crazy. Like the most popular person in comics says, "I'll do your character yeah. your way," and you go, "No." Yeah. I mean, he Ditko was a little nuts. Okay, so here's the Molten like Spielberg wanting to do your web series with you. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, I'm a huge fan of your web series." Only thing I say is I'm going to control the lighting. You're like, nah, sorry. And, sorry, Spielberg. And it'll be by Will Hines and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. And I go, no, yeah, 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 I'm tired of that web series. Yeah. I did four episodes. It's done. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where Ditko's mind had. Go- I, I don't know what the full inner thoughts of Ditko was. Anyway, page panel two. four, <laughs> Molten Man's. Oh, no. So page one. <laughs> Curling girders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Page panel six. He's completely evil. So page two, this panel, this page is also insane. <laughs> so the molten man in a disguise as, as like a British gentleman. Yes, that's right. His dialogue <laughs> is really funny here. Yeah. He goes to a jewelry store. Um, no, no, no. Those gems are all too ordinary, too pedestrian. Have you nothing more exotic, more expensive? Salesman falls for this immediately. Why, yes, sir, we do. I'd be delighted to show them to you. Wait, Kev, before we hear the dialogue, the caption's insane. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm, Stan Lee is crazy in this issue. All the dialogue in this, this issue is, is, is crazy. Thus, through the magic of our imagination, we now bridge the gap of time. That's a very funny sentence. Many days later, an exclusive Madison Avenue jewelry shop receives a distinguished looking patron. It's like, Stan, you don't need to explain to us the concept of jumping ahead in time (laughs) in comics. Like, we get that. We do now. (laughs) So the salesman just opens up his vault. To get out all of his mm-hmm. most exotic gems. He totally falls for it. Molten Man. He, I mean, he's not been revealed to be the Molten Man, but it's obvious that it's Molten yeah. Man. He gets shot and it doesn't That's hurt what I'm saying. All. Panel four, when the jewelry store owner realizes he's being robbed, pulls out a gun. I don't necessarily think that's crazy. It's a jewelry store. You know what I mean? They maybe have to be ready for some robbers. But then he shoots at the robber in the chest. He shoots to kill. I'm wondering if that is not a miscolored police officer. Let me see. Like, it looks like he might have a little mustache. And the other guy did not have a mustache, did he? No, he did. No, it's the same guy. For sure. Never mind. So I'm just saying, ju- panel five is a, is a jewelry store owner who, he says to him, raise your hands. I warn you, stand back. And then, no response. You should have listened to me. What? Shoots him in the chest. Shoots to kill. Yeah. What's going on in the streets of New York in this comic? The vulture is swooping into second story jewelry stores and robbing them blind. You got to be ready to shoot. Well, it bounces right off the Molten Man's chest. And then Molten Man. So the guy goes, oh, what do you have a bulletproof vest? That insults the Molten Man. He goes, can a vest do this? Yeah, and, crushes and then crushes the gun, the gun in his bare hands. Yeah. I will say this. This issue, last issue had Craven dressing up as Spider-Man. We've had a few other issues like that. The chameleon's power. Of disguises? Of disguises. Everyone else is just as good. 
At disguises. Yeah, the chameleon has been outclassed. Every single villain is like, I have my powers, plus I can disguise myself. Yeah, I can do all the crazy stuff I can do, plus I have this amazing mask. Yeah, the, I, or maybe a chameleon just selling masks to people. So, luckily, Spider-Man happened to be swinging by. This is a funny caption, too. This is also a funny caption. This story is insane. This is great. So, Spider-Man's over. I liked all this stuff. <laughs> it is fun, but it, like, it just, it sells out too much. Okay. Okay, read, read Stan Lee's caption. I don't know if I can pronounce this first word. All right, I'll do it. But as a sagacious fate would have it, as a sagacious, sagacious? I was going to say sagacious, so I'm glad you said it. I think you're right. Well. I don't know what that word means. Okay, look, fate is the subject of this first clause, and the adjective is sagacious, and it's the letter A. It's the common noun. It is Mr. of a. the many fates. Mr. A. Mr. A. It's all coming it's together. subliminal. Um, as a sagacious fate would have it, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is blithely, <laughs> rom- I love the word blithely, though, romping across the rooftops directly above us at this very moment, parentheses, which is as lucky for us as for the merchant below, else we'd have a superhero yarn sans superhero. It's like, Stan, dial it back a notch, dude. You, I mean, this is he's useless going to, information. He's going to dial it back in a few pages. Oh, yeah, I know. And you're going to regret it. Uh, you're right. You're right. I like this better. I mean. What a ham. I mean, so we've had the magic of time and the sagacious fate reference. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so Spider-Man comes into the jewelry store. A great in- panel of him dropping down from above, though. Oh, the, yeah. And a great panel on panel four when uh, Molten Man punches him. Sure. So he... Allegedly Molten Man. Yeah, we find out soon it's Molten Man. So Spider-Man interrupts this robbery. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, there's another. When he's overhead and he hears the gunshot, Spidey's thought balloon is that must mean trouble because it's a heck of a place for a skeet shooting setup. Yeah, I mean, that Stan, one I like. No, that one I like. Stan's just trying to make him funny. I, I like that one. Uh, Molten Man immediately surrenders to Spider Man when he first comes in. Don't hit me. I'm no match for you. I give up. I give up. But it's all to make Spider Man drop his guard. Spider Man relaxes and then Molten Man decks him. Yeah, Spider Man sort of has amazing reflexes, but they sort of conveniently go away. Yeah. Like, Molten Man is covered in metal, but he ain't, like, he's not, like, super fast or whatever. Right. Spider-Man Spider-Man dodges sh- bullets. Spider-Man should be faster. He also has spider sense. I should have warned him. Yeah. But not um, it, it is good for the story that that doesn't... These punches look like they're really taking the... Yeah. I mean, Spidey the, looks the, like a punching bag. The second panel on page five, Spider-Man looks like jelly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, Ditko's art is still pretty great. Though Molten Man thinks to himself, what's holding you up? You should have been out cold by now. So Spider-Man is taking a licking, and Molten Man is noticing it. So page six, this is also very funny. Panel one. So Molten Man runs away, right? Spidey's just too powerful. Molten Man. Oh, this is funny. Breaks out of the. No, that's not yet. He just runs away. Goes home, takes off his perfect mask. Takes off his perfect mask. Now he's wearing a suit, smoking a cigarette, and he looks great. Looks great. He's wearing that suit. He looks good. Looks like Doc Savage. You mean Doc Brass? (laughs) I mean them both. Um, Doc Sp- Brass was a Warren Ellis analog of Doc Savage. Spidey knows where the Molten Man lives because of the last appearance. Well, He's, even before that, the way he gets to that conclusion. Oh yeah, let's do that. So right, he doesn't so, know. He so doesn't he, know. He goes back to being Peter Parker. He's like, I don't know who this guy was. He, he's so powerful. I've got to try to figure this out. Yeah. So Peter goes home and he's going to be doing homework. By the way, his. Oh no, he's walking in front of a storefront there. So he's he's in home. He's in his he's in his home. Mm-hmm. Usual array of amazing science equipment around him. Yep. Getting ready to do his college studies for Empire State University. And 
Yeah, he thinks he's trying to figure out who this guy is. Yeah, he, and he thinks himself. Just read his thoughts; they're insane. He could easily have been wearing a disguise, so he might have been almost anybody, perhaps even some former enemy of mine. Boy, he sure packed a punch like iron. And then out loud, iron, iron's metal, and his punch felt like metal. It's a long shot, but it could be the Molten Man. I'd bet on it. So once again, I'm telling you, this is one of the worst Spider-Man issues we've had. I, mean, I think you're just understanding Peter Parker's detective skills. He's In other words, he thought this. about it for one second, and every thought he had was correct, and then he just figured it out in two panels. He's doing this for a year and a half. So Spidey knows where the Molten Man lives because of last issue, so he goes to his apartment. There's nobody there, but he... Uh, oh, no, Molten Man is there. Well, he's not there immediately. Spider-Man waits. Okay, yeah, I'm getting it wrong. So Spidey goes to the apartment. It's actually cool art of Spidey outside of Molten yeah, Man's apartment. It's an amazing issue. It's one of the best issues of Spider-Man. Spidey waits and spies. Then Molten Man comes home. So Spidey looks and goes, okay, yeah, check. Molten Man still lives here. That's good. Waits for Molten Man to go to sleep, which is 30 minutes after he walks into his apartment, which means Molten Man was out like a light right away. It's tiring carrying around all that metal skin. So Spidey breaks into the apartment, but just to put a little spider tracer in the lapel of Molten yeah. Man's cool suit. Yeah. So he can just track him where he goes. Yeah, smart move. Doesn't know for sure that it's the Molten Man in that jewelry store. This is just checking things out. Yeah. That spider tracer is about as big as a fist. <laughs> okay, it's a big spider. It's a huge, it's a scarab-sized yeah. spider tracer. Okay. Uh, that's very funny to me. Okay. Okay, so moving on to page eight, we enter into a... I'm going to say kind of boring sequence, even though the art is cool, of Spidey kind of just trailing the Molten Man around. I think this could have been more fun. The, the sort of false alarms of Spider-Man going out and just seeing the Molten Man running errands. Yeah, that could have been really funny. Yeah. But yeah, so basically every time the spider tracer goes off saying like, oh, this guy's on the move, Spider-Man goes out and he's like not doing anything. So then he goes back home and does more homework. Well, it's also it's just the Molten Man walking around the city. Now, I know he looks cool in that suit, but he's obviously made of brass. <laughs> nobody bats an eye. Gold. He's not Doc Savage here. Nope. Nobody bats an eye. Yes. There's not even like a, huh? I mean, you know, the Fantastic Four have been living in this city for a year and a half. At some but point, when the thing walks down the street, people make a fuss. Yeah. Because he's got attitude. So... Um, he dresses up like, uh, Dabney Coleman. <laughs> he puts on another disguise at the bottom of page eight. Yeah. Top of page nine panel. When we get a good look at it, it's Dabney Coleman or some sort of like, or maybe like a 1920s millionaire. It actually looks like a young Sean Connery to me. Could be young Sean Connery or just a guy who's, I think Dabney Coleman was a young Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he's heading back to the jewelry store, and that's Spider-Man knows. Oh, this guy's up to no good. Sets up his camera. Yeah. Just like a good crime fighter does right away. I mean, in this case, that makes sense, Well, if you read the whole issue. Well, I guess I'll have to find out. So then he's breaking into the safe. Oh, this is in insane. The bottom of page nine. Oh, yeah, this is insane. He gets a new power. Yeah, but I love when they do this. Bottom of page nine, panel seven or whatever it is. Being He's picking a safe. And he's able to do that because of this dialogue. Being metallic itself, my skin is sensitive to the sound of other metal within the lock tumblers. It'll only take a few more seconds to detect the proper combination. Ah, I'm getting it now. I don't think that's true of a property of metal. I don't. It doesn't make any sense even if you could hear the metal. <laughs> so you can hear it tumbling? <laughs> Not even tumbling. It's like he could just feel absorb it. the, the combination is what he's sort of saying. Anyway, he's able I to I think pick he was going to crush the lock. That made more sense. Yeah. He's hugely powerful, right? Anyway, he, um, Spidey, Spidey interrupts him. Yeah. 
and he rips off his Sean Connery outfit and now right down to his underwear. He can't wait to get down yeah, to his yeah. underwear. He gets a little bit of webbing on his suit, rips off his entire outfit. He's again down to his Submariner undies. Then hit, we head into maybe the two <laughs> dumbest pages of, so far of Spider-Man history, uh-huh. which is, so Spidey and Moltman are going to fight. Man, Artie Simek's going to hate you for this. I hope he's not listening. Artie Simek, the letterer. So here's, why don't you just read Stan's caption in panel two? Sure. And now we promised Artie Simek we'd let him go wild with sound effects for a page or two. So here goes. And then it's just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight panels of Spidey and Molten Man punching each other just with sound effects. I guess we should read those sound effects. Yep. Want to alternate? Sure. You want to go first? Thwop. Poo. Twee. Brack. Kapow. Walk. Splat. Kabop. Rack. It's pretty fun, actually. <laughs> but like, like sound effects like kebab. Look at those like sparklers coming out of it. I love it. I mean, it's making fun of the fight, whether it means to do that or not. I mean, they're just punching each other. It's just punch, 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 punch. Um, This is a villain with like no emotional center to him. He just is immediately evil. And I think yeah. it makes the story boring. There's no story to Spidey kind of does like a little web thing where he gets, you know, he's being held in a bear hug by the molten man. So he like webs the ceiling and does a somersault. And there's some cool drawing at the top of page 13. Yeah, I like that. Um, But so, so the fight continues. Um, molten man is sort of overwhelmed. So he throws a big metal thing at Spidey and then crashes through a window and he gets a little head uh, headway. And so he escapes. Right. But Spider-Man knows where he's going. So Spider-Man goes to his apartment first and waits for molten man there. And this is a nice creepy in a good way drawing of spidey in the dark waiting yeah. for molten man i, like I do love that creepy. i like that drawing um then there's the bottom two panels yeah, yeah. of page 15. i laughed out loud reading this did you hear me laugh out loud <laughs> yeah this part? yeah why don't you read these I mean, so read these and explain. then explain there's it so much to explain so this is so molten man and spidey are fighting in molten man's yeah, apartment so molten man is punching a spider-man with a whack uh once i've beaten you there'll be nobody left to stop me to which spider-man replies don't kid yourself there's always irving forbush and Molten Man goes, who's he? And Spider-Man says, forget it. It's an in-joke. Which it is. It is very much so. And what is that in-joke, Kevin? Irving Forbush is a is a character uh, from like a comedic Marvel comic. Called Not Brand Ech. Yeah, Not Brand Ech. It's like Marvel's ripping off Mad Magazine. Yeah. And, and Irving Forbush is their like, Alfred E. Newman. It's mostly like spoofs of Marvel characters and DC characters. And yeah, Irving Forbush is like a guy who like wears a metal uh, a pan. Like a frying pan upside down on his for head. his helmet. And has like a towel for a cape. Yeah, I mean, he's a mess. And he's sort of a, uh, yeah, he's sort of, yeah, the Alfred E. Newman. He's sort of the face of this silly comic, often drawn by the late Marie Severin. Oh, R.I.P. Marie. Of, she drew a lot of those comics and she was a great artist. Great. I artist. don't mind not brand ech comics. I think they, were, they can be really you funny. the title? <laughs> not really <laughs> i mean like i love that stan had the audacity to just like i guess everybody was copying mad so like yeah. why not get in on the game in but. my era the comedy the comedy magazine or maybe yours as well was what the um yeah i remember what the <laughs> that was the comedy magazine marvel tried in the late 80s so this is like spidey making a reference to this to marvel's comedy mascot yeah which i'm not 100 percent sure was coming out yet so i don't know where irving Forbush. i guess it must have been i think it must have been 
Um, I've been checking like the Marvel history and I don't see it popping up. Maybe because it's not in continuity and no one cares to list it in the things I'm checking. So the fight continues and Spidey foils Molten Man because he made some extra thick webbing rope. Is that what that is? I think that's what it is. And it's just like extra thick and he ties up the Molten Man and so the Molten Man is caught. He uses like a special knot. Yeah, Knot Brand X started in August 67, which is like next year. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm doing some research while you talk about the story. You gonna look up Irving Forbush and That's figure out what's doing, going yeah. on. So, here's the thing: Molten Man and Spider Man have a boring fight. Stan doesn't even try to do dialogue for it. Um, he makes an Irving Forbush joke, and then Spidey beats him with some rope. I don't know. There is something very fun about how thrown away this issue is, but it did not. There charm was a me. short-lived Marvel satirical comic book called Snafu. Okay. Uh, and that was November 1955. Oh, so he... So like 11 years before the Spider-Man comic. So it means this is the worst possible time to make <laughs> this in-joke, because it's been 11 years, which yeah. means your readers were born the year before the yeah. last appearance of this character. And in a year, you're going to be using this character again. You could maybe get away with it then. <laughs> maybe Stan was called to task for this issue. They're like, why'd you make an Irving Forbush reference? And he's like, um, um, he's coming back. Um, so the Molten Man is all tied There's up. Only three issues of Snafu. <laughs> <laughs> so There's only three issues of this character. That he's, I guess Stan liked him. I bet you Stan wrote him. I mean, for sure he wrote him. So, page 18, Molten Man is all tied up. Uh, so the, the, the a supposed plot hang up here is that Molten Man points out to Spider-Man, there's no proof that Molten Man's done anything wrong. Yeah. Because, like, the jewelry store, he didn't take any loot. He just got shot at and then ran away. Um, And then in this nighttime robbery that Spidey interrupted, Spidey interrupted it before anything got stolen. Well, isn't he also saying, like, I was in disguise? Yeah. So even if anybody thinks I did something wrong, it's your word against mine that it was even me. Only Spider-Man ever saw Molten Man doing these things. Right. And, every, and a lot of people have seen Moltman walking around the streets doing nothing. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, go ahead, turn me in. I'm not scared. You got you got nothing on me. Yeah. So Spidey webs him up and then writes a handwritten letter to the police. Yep. And the police, so we see that the police, we see the police discovering Molten Man. That's right. And by the way, there's a glow-in-the-dark Spidey single. Does that mean Spidey's nearby? Yes, it must. He's like shining his belt buckle? Yeah. So they can't just look over the shoulders and be like, Spidey, can we just talk to you about this? They could, but they don't. They trust him. He can't just go down and in person and give them the information instead no, of writing it a letter? proof. Okay, so um, tell me what happens. <laughs> so Spider-Man leaves a note for the police officers that says, if we hold him for a little while, he'll bring us proof that you were involved in some robbery attempts. Like he can't, he's there shining his light on the wall. He can't be like, guys, just hold on to him for now. I'm going to bring you I, some proof. He's got to get, he has, he needs that head start to get up that building. <laughs> he's not leaving though. He's shining a light and on the wall. They're going to bring him in downtown. They're going to question him. Spider-Man doesn't, can't stand still for the police. Okay. That's a known deal. So the mole man gets brought down to the jail and he's talking a big game. Yeah. You can't do this to me. I know my rights. You can't keep me here. I didn't do anything. I'm as innocent as a newborn baby. Steve Ditko, I think is really amused by the idea of some super corrupt criminal getting his. Yeah. And then uh, Spider-Man leans in the window and tosses some photographs of uh, Molten Man putting on his perfect disguises. Molten Man is slack-jawed level shocked. His mouth is agape. Yep. Uh, he didn't realize that Spidey had an automatic camera. 
The chief says, the sergeant says, bring your notebook, Lou. We've got a confession coming up. He's got a big shitting grin on his face. Yeah. Cops win again. So you, we go to you the must deal- love this last two pages, though. They're my favorite in the book. Yeah. Peter goes to the Daily Bugle to sell photos. He's looking great. Got a cool <laughs> white polo shirt on. And he thinks he's going to see Betty Brandt. And this is where he learns that Betty Brandt has quit and there's a new secretary having taken her job. Yeah, do we get her name? We do not. We do not. Uh, and Betty has left. And the only thing she left for Peter was a framed photo of him. That of he gave Peter. Her. Yeah. Which means it was a gift he gave to her and yeah. she's given it back. Oof. 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 Uh, look at those baby blues on Peter. The second to last panel on page 19. Yeah. This is, this is this is becomes a straight up romance comic. Peter asks if Ned Leeds is still around, and Ned Leeds has moved out to the West Coast, so he assumes they both left together and got married, which I think is true, right? It is not. Okay. Um, he leaves without the picture. These last four panels, I really do love. The secretary is like, "Wait, your picture? You forgot it? My picture?" <coughs> Peter takes it. He reads what he'd written to her to Betty forever. Peter forever. I wonder when I wrote that. Must have been a lifetime ago. Throws the picture in the trash, shattering its frame. And then he wanders off with just silhouettes of Betty's, uh, of Betty haunting him. Yeah. But it looks like there should, wouldn't normally Stanley put like a six line caption on this last panel? Yeah, but you sort of made fun of him for overwriting those early captions. I bet he pulled them after that. It's very weird that he (laughs) overwrote the first three pages and then didn't put any dialogue at all over the fight or the end of this. Like, it's really weird. Peter also leaves his photos without uh, collecting money from Jay Jonah, just saying, let him send me a check for whatever they're worth. Like, he's not going to fight. He normally has to fight tooth and nail to get any payment from Jonah. Yeah. And now he's just sort of like, whatever. Then the last panel is promoting a villain that doesn't have a name. Yeah. There's a picture of a guy who we will come next issue to learn is the meteor. No, uh, isn't he the, uh, the looter? Oh, okay. I don't know. He I've gets a- his power from a meteor. I haven't read it yet. It's the looter. I mean, it's the next issue is also bad. Uh, so it just says, a swinging supervillain so different, so new, we can't even tell you his name yet. Which means Stan didn't know his name. Yeah, I mean, well, this issue was Molten Man Return. Regrets. <laughs> right. Which he uh, didn't regret anything for one second. No, no, he never did. <laughs> he had no moment of... If he of- did, I would have liked that story. I like the title. <laughs> I like a story about M- Molten Man This regretting. issue sucks. This uh, is the worst issue we've read. Next issue is The Looter, who's not great. <laughs> then the next issue, I think, is like some sort of weird robots. Yeah. And then issue 38 is a guy named Joe. I remember liking a guy named Joe. Oh, let's see when we get to it. Okay. I don't remember it well enough to know, but I don't remember liking any of these. Okay, so uh, this issue sucks. Let's give it our awards. Great. What's your best panel? There are actually a number of great drawings. I mean, I think this issue is perfect in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm going to take, if I'm going first, page 15, first panel, the spooky Spider-Man. Yeah, okay. Greeting Molten that, Man. That's a beautiful picture. I'll do, um, I'll do page 13, panel one, the Spidey somersaulting while Molten Man's clinging to him. Great. Um, what's your Stanley dialogue? My Stanley dialogue? It's going to be. Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to take the the uh, Molten Man in disguise dialogue. Uh, we read one line of it, but I'm going to use his next line as my line because I think it's very funny. Remember, money is of no concern to me. I will only consider your very finest jewels. Okay. I like how over. Oh, this guy's overdoing it. The the panel that I read before, the sagacious, which I can't say either, the sagacious yeah. fate would have it. That that panel. I mean, really, the best line is probably, thus through the magic of our imagination. We jump we ahead in time. the gap of time. That's the best. <laughs> uh, what's your highlight, Will Hines? 
Highlight is um, none of the story. Well, okay. My highlight and my lowlight are the same. It's the degree to which Stan Lee just says, fuck it in this issue. Because it is funny and sort of reckless, but it is also, it's too much. So my, okay, so my highlight is like his kind of sense of playfulness. Like, for example, I like that he lets Artie Simic do the sound effects, but my low light is that it happens for 10 panels. <laughs> like, if it was, like, two panels, I, I think I, that'd it's be the best. It's thing he's done in other issues. I feel like there's been a Fantastic Four page that had no dialogue, just sound effects. I mean, in the first Molten Man fight was really boring, and he makes some comment about that. Yeah. Um. So my highlight and my load are the same. It's like Stan Lee's audacity. I mean, I guess my highlight is the Betty Brant. Uh, rejection. Yeah, it's moving. And it, it it surprised me because there was no other supporting cast, no other uh, subplots in the story, and then like the last two pages kind of remind you, that yeah, this is an actual story, right? Uh, and then my low light is um, that Molten Man wears too many clothes. <laughs> I think this Molten Man is just boring. He's just uh, visually he's boring. His power set is boring. I also there's a funny thing where Molten Man fights Spider Man the first time in this issue. Punches him like four or five times. Goes, why won't you go down? Then leaves and goes, I got him next time. <laughs> it's like, you didn't get him that time. You ran away. You have failed every time by a long shot. And your next approach, you do nothing different. Yeah, your change of plan was nothing. Yeah. Mold to Man, rip your clothes Mold off. Man had not a moment of regret in any way. <laughs> it is the worst titled yeah. issue. That's. I guess that's my uh, low light is him thinking, I'll get him next time. <laughs> okay. Well, those are our awards. Um, that's our awards. That's issue 35. This came out, just so you know, April of 1966. What were you doing in April of 1966? Uh, I guess I was a um, s- several proteins in our father's body waiting to gather as a sperm mm, in his testicles. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I was born four years later, so I, nothing. Well, you should have been out there. Yeah, I should have been out there. <laughs> um, yeah, if you've got thoughts on this great issue... Or the next... Anybody year. read this issue. Read this Moltman issue and tell me what you think of this. Screw it, Spidey at Gmail. Like, tell me, am I wrong that this issue's crazy? Does it Maybe it ages well. <laughs> you know, maybe it's so much of a, like, middle finger to itself that it actually seems meta and modern. I want to go back and reread the first Molten Man story to compare it, but I don't want to read that story again. Yeah. I don't think either of them are good. Uh, yeah. The first one had that cool fight in the dark. Uh, that was kind of gonna. This is not going to help our downloads. But we at one point said maybe after issue 33, we would just do one more episode to, to cover these last four or five issues. Yeah. Um, and issues like this made me go make me go, oh, maybe we should. Maybe have. we should have. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Right. This is a good time to write us letters because we'd rather read your mail than these issues. Yeah. Send us letters. Explain to us how Ditko created everything. Talk about um, Enforcer podcasts and TV shows or bring up new topics. Yeah. Um, Hypothetical questions are always fun. Tell us how you got into Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, we have three three issues left of Ditko. Uh, what's your, uh, uh, if you've read these last few issues, who's your favorite? Molten Man, the looter, or a guy named Joe? <laughs> <laughs> pick your pick your guy. Or the Beetle. I'll throw the Beetle in there, even though I don't think he's part of any of these. Uh, he's a human torch villain. Okay. Well. And I picked the Beetle. <laughs> All right. Member of the Thunderbolts? We got into this already. All right. Never mind. I take the Beetle out of, out of <laughs> contention. How Good. about the cat? You, could, bring, the, you could include the cat. So the clown. We should do an episode where we go over the worst Ditko villains. Uh, the Crafty Clown. Is the what Crafty you're Clown, yeah. I mean, he's great. <laughs> he looks great right now. Oh, I'd love a Crafty Clown to show up in this story. <laughs> Compared to this dude, yeah. I, I c- couldn't wait to see the Circus of Crime. Um, 
Yeah, but our email is screwitspidey at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, both screwitspideys. We'll be posting some of the panels from this issue. Which actually look fine. Yeah, they you look great. You won't tell how bad this issue is by looking you at this. You can read them. There'll still yeah. be dialogue. I can't remove the dialogue. Um, and if Stan Lee, if you're listening to this, Will blames you for this terrible issue. <laughs> I think you're a genius, but I think you phoned it in on this one. Yes. <laughs> Admit it, Stan Lee. <laughs> I don't think he'd be above admitting that. Um, all right, guys. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. I'm Max Lasser, the host of The Calories, a three-episode podcast miniseries about making weight loss easier. After I lost 100 pounds by calorie counting in 2015, I started to realize why the way I was doing it before, just eating healthy and exercising, wasn't working for me. The podcast features experts from Mount Sinai Hospital, Mayo Clinic, and more, and you can check it out October 1st from Campfire Media on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. Campfire.